Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee, or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com, and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts overlied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. I was about to say the Patriots have run as many plays as the 49ers have first downs. A little bit touched in the in the center there. Red zone chance. Looking for Gronk, and he's got it for a touchdown. And those were some of the sounds from week seven in the NFL. Thank you so much for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez and Kendall Whitley. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Hey, we're entering week eight. There's some big games coming this week. Oh, man, let's get let's get going. It's week seven. It's Thursday. Man, time flies, especially with football, right? And on today's edition of the East-West Football Podcast, we will be speaking to Scott Goldbranson from Raider Nation Radio. Also, we will be talking to a host of engraving videos on YouTube, Justin We'll go over some contenders and pretenders. And also, we will be giving you our week eight picks in the NFL. But let's start out with some NFL headlines. So let's recap week seven real quick. Uh, start out with Jerry. Jerry, what did you think of week seven? What stood out to you the most? Man, it was a list of, of a bunch of great games, right? I mean, we had, 
I mean, we 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 were we were trying to see exactly one of the biggest surprises was Chicago Bears, right? And they had a great game uh, lined up against the Rams, um, and uh, and man, the Rams came out and they pulled the they pulled the win. So uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, what I learned was a lot of teams that we thought are in control are not in control because look at the 49ers, how they were able to flip it and turn around and get their shit back on the right track. So uh, I think that this is. If anything, we're we're finding out to seeing who's gonna make it to the end, who's gonna make it into the playoffs. The thing that stood out to me in um, week seven is the whole NFC West division. I mean, look what the Rams did on Monday Night Football. Uh, look what the 49ers did to the New England Patriots. I mean, I mean that whole division, and then the Arizona Cardinals. They play, you know, they always play Seattle pretty tough, and they play, they 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 held out. I mean, was, I, I was scared of for a little bit because I was going, I had I picked the Cardinals in that game. But I mean, hey, it was a pretty good game. The Cardinals stood there with Seattle, got a few turnovers from Russell Wilson, and a hey, Cardinals won. So the Cardinals look real good. Man, the thing that stood out to me is Tom Brady, forty-three years old, still doing the thing. I mean, he 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 doesn't even look forty-three, and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is for real. And of course, they're only going to get better with Antonio Brown coming back next week against the New Orleans Saints. The other thing that stood out to me is that the Dallas Cowboys are done. There is no coming back. They look horrendous against a Washington football team. First of all, you can't lose to a team that doesn't have an actual name. It's just the Washington football team. Uh, obviously, we did see uh, Andy Dalton get hurt. He got concussed during the game. It's just a, it's, I'm sorry for the word, but it's a shit show there in Dallas. Yeah, man. I, I think that, uh, I think when you look at it, the Eagles are, co- the Eagles, you, you got to be careful. Carson Wentz is a baller. I mean, he's going to find a way to win the game. And now he's getting Jason Peters back. He's getting that rookie, that promising rookie, Jalen Rager back. I believe he's getting a lot of key pieces back that he didn't have. So, you know, when you look at it, the Eagles do look like the front runners. And yeah, I think that the Cowboys just need to just kind of scratch, scratch, scratch the season and uh, restart, restart and, and build that foundation back up. I mean, they, they obviously have, uh, they have more holes than what, what we all could see all along the offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy to see, honestly. I mean, it, it just like, like the team wasn't even trying at, at some points of the game. So um, we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for the da- for the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles, right? Because Don's still in uh, concussion protocol, or is he, or is he back? Uh, as of today, they, they've named uh, Ben DiNucci the starting quarterback. Oh wow! Well, yeah, it might it might be a long night for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I will... it's, good. it's gonna be a long one. It's it's gonna that's gonna be a long one. I mean, if you if you the Eagles, then you've had some extra time off because you played the Giants on last Thursday night. I mean, you preparing for a quarterback you don't know nothing about. <laughs> it, this is this is not gonna turn out good for Dallas. I think I think if I think this is this is kind of good for the Cowboys, right? To see if if he's a project that you want to keep long-term, right? Uh, but, I mean, oh, my goodness, it's like throwing a wolf to, right, to the lion's den. Yeah. I'm sorry, like uh, throwing a lamb into the lion's den, right? I mean, uh, I feel bad for him. Look, coming into the season, obviously, there's a lot of expectations for, for this team. Very talented. I mean, a lot of those expectations did go down when Dak broke his ankle. Uh, but you still have Zeke Elliott. You have Amari Cooper. 
you know, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, they, they just have a lot of talent on offense. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore cannot put a game plan together for the Cowboys. I think I think if anything, that's that's been if you look at it, it, it almost looks like is it is it Kellen Moore that's forcing the passing the passing game or is that uh, Mike McCarthy enforcing that? Because previous in the previous years, it's been run heavy, heavy run first. Yeah, no, I and you know, that's a great point you make. I, and I think that's Mike McCarthy just seeing to what he did in Green Bay. Right. Usually it was just pass first, not run. So I think that's a little bit more of Mike McCarthy. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, so he's going to be the fall guy. I think you, I think you said it very well. I think if anything, um, I think that if, if this season goes any worse, I'm pretty sure that that would be the escape goal, even though I, I, you, know, you hear it amongst the reporters, the, the Dallas beat reporters, that, that uh, they, were grooming, they were grooming Kellen Moore to be the next head coach. Yes, and then actually Jerry Jones was actually on a radio station in Dallas. I believe it's called The Fan, correct, Jerry? 104, uh, 105.3 The Fan, yes. Yes, and he actually sounded very upset. Let's take a listen. Does your team have a leadership void? Um, uh, when, uh, uh, we're in the offensive line. Where just, you, o- just overall. Uh, when seriously, these- but, but seriously, seriously. Where, where do you, where would you have a leadership void? Is it an experience void? Is it a talent void? Is it a leadership void? I'm not trying to be cute here. The answer is yeah. no. The answer is yeah. no. I, I'm asking. A, ju- there's not a well. Just shut up and let me answer. All right, guys. Jerry Jones did not sound uh, very happy. I could say <laughs> he just told the guy to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he questioned leadership in the locker room, right? And he, Jerry Jones said he doesn't believe there's a there's an issue with that. But I think he's just trying to cover up all his wrongdoings, I guess you could say, right? I think that it's finally – I think, it's, you know, he's held on that general manager position for quite some time. And I, I know that he's feeling the heat. I mean, he's feeling that heat real – I mean, it's hot. The kitchen's hot there. And, uh, I mean, who fires the general manager? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike McCarthy's one and done. I mean, honestly, I, I don't see how if you're Jerry Jones, you're getting up there in age, you need to find a solution. You don't need to add another problem to the equation. So uh, we'll see what Dallas does here in the future. Um, but let's talk about real quick about that Sunday night football game, the crazy Sunday night football game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, went into actually overtime and Russell Wilson, through that interception at the end of overtime to the, the rookie that's kind of been missing, right? Hey, man, there was a stunning performance from that Carlos defense and from Russell Wilson. He threw three interceptions. They, you know, three interceptions and Russell Wilson's same sentence, that, that's not normal. That don't even sound right. So the Cardinals defense stood up, and, I mean, I mean, and uh, Buda Baker could have had a pick six, but DK Metcalf hauled them down. So, I mean, I mean, that was, that was a great game. That, uh, as a Cardinals defense, they stood up. We've seen DeAndre Hopkins had, had a pretty good game. Kyler Murray, he's, he's unstoppable. Seattle defense, they just made a trade for Carlos Dunlap. They need a pass for his bad. They need, I think they need secondary here. I know Jamal Adams is being hurt, but we've seen what Cam Newton did in that secondary when Jamal Adams played in week two. So, to see how they need a couple of pieces, but, man, I mean, that, was, that was one of the best games of the year. It was. It was, su- it was super entertaining, like you said. DK Metcalf, I think he's the second coming of Julio Jones, man. I mean – 
Um, <laughs> way the it just when I saw him running them down, uh, running Buda Baker down, it looked like Julio Jones ran down a uh, previous you know defenders that have intercepted Matt Ryan. So great effort by the young man. I think we also saw Isaiah Simmons finally get an opportunity, and he actually sealed the deal. Right? I think he came out came over with an interception. Yeah, and I think we actually talked about that, if not last week, a couple of weeks ago, that they kind of couldn't figure out where to place him, right? So uh, good for him. He made a play for the Cardinals. Look, Kylo Murray, man, he is tremendous. He's used scramble all over the place, and he's got a beautiful deep ball. Yes, he does. I think that if anything, like you said, I mean, <laughs> he's he's really great as, as, as far as improvising and getting out of the pocket when it's collapsing, and he knows how to buy time with his feet. He's able to reset, and, man, it's just a nice ball that he gets out. So, oh, man, it's it's going to be crazy to know that. I mean, we, we still got Russell Wilson in that division for at least five years, I think, at least four to five years. But to, just to think for the next 10 years, Kyler Murray is going to be dominating that, that, that division. That division is just solid all the way around. Uh, obviously, we saw the Rams dominate the Bears on Monday night, and we saw the Niners dominate the New England Patriots on Sunday – which leads me to my next uh, bullet point that we have here. So it's come out that New England is willing to trade pretty much anybody on that roster. Who do you guys see as being moving parts? I, just, <clears throat> I can definitely see Stephon Gilmore getting moved by Tuesday's trade deadline. I could see J.C. Jackson, the cornerback. I mean, I could see him get moved. Maybe um, the guard Joe Thune, because he's in the last year. He's on the franchise tag. I could see New England moving him. Anybody. Sonny Michelle, that's another name to keep an eye on. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to tear it down for this year. And I think um, it's, it's, it's probably in the best interest that, that they do that. It's interesting because, I mean, you're looking, around, you're looking around the NFL, and there's a lot of teams in that same kind of boat. I think Houston Texans, they, they said that Houston Texans came out today saying, making it public that everybody but four players were available in trade. Yeah, and we actually were just talking about that before we came on the air. So, obviously, Sean Watson, Larry Tunsil, Cunningham, the linebacker, and then also J.J. Watt. But, I mean, I figured, you know, J.J. Watt is costing some money, so why not move him along right now and get something in return? Well, I mean, I think I think that, if anything, they need some draft picks because they're, they've been dismantled with draft picks for at least a couple of years. So, it's unfortunate because you need weapons for you need all the weapons that you that you can give, especially for Deshaun Watson. I think that one of one of the playmakers that he's been able to have and he's been staying healthy is Will Fuller. But if somebody comes dangling a second rounder, will you take it? Oh yeah, I mean you have to add on to that Green Bay Packers wide. Well, yeah, we heard Green Bay was interesting, so it'd be an interesting move for Green Bay. And that's because Green Bay has never really been known for that, right? As far as, as as far as you know, trading away draft picks because they usually build their team with draft picks. But I think that I think Will Fuller with Aaron Rodgers, wow. Our first guest is the host of Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Goldbranson. How are you doing, Scott? Good, guys. How are you guys doing today? Great, great. Excellent, Scott. Appreciate your time. Yeah, anytime, man. It's good talk. Always talking football, always having fun. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk some Raiders football. I just want to get your thoughts on the Raiders season so far. 
Well, you know, I know, I know a lot of Raider fans um, aren't, aren't happy unless their team's undefeated. But I think, you know, when you look at the schedule early on in this season, the games that they had, the teams that they played, uh, to be at three and three is a good spot for them. Yeah, you'd like to do better. They, they could be better. I think they could have won two more games, could have easily won the Buffalo game. And frankly, against, uh, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers last Sunday, uh, up until about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, they were actually in the game, even though their defense was, really wasn't playing well. So I think at, at three and three, you know, I, I had thought they might be closer to two and four and even one and five going into the season just with the toughness of the schedule to begin with. But now that they're at three and three, they have some concerns. But I think if you're a Raider fan, you're feeling okay. Uh, but I think the Sunday game in Cleveland is a big one for them, followed by the Charger game in L.A. next week. So these next two weeks, I think, will determine sort of whether or not they can stay on track to be just about 500. I picked them to go nine and seven and be there for that extra wild card slot, maybe uh, the number seven slot there. Uh, that's why these important games are important because they're all AFC games, uh, especially with Cleveland, because in that division, you're going to have Baltimore, Pittsburgh. So to beat Cleveland would be a, a big, big win for this team. And I think they do good. But overall, I think they should feel like things are going in the right direction. Yeah, a huge game on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. And I believe that's going to be for the last playoff spot down the line. So, you know, we're getting close to the trade deadline, which is next week, November 3rd. Do you see the Raiders making any trades? You know, I think they could, um, you know, there's some, there's obviously positions of need, especially on defense with some of these guys that they brought in that just haven't performed. I mean, you look at Malik Collins on the line, you look at the fact that this team has seven sacks total. They're going up against miles Garrett on the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. He's got nine sacks himself. So uh, they need to figure out something on a defensive line. Uh, a guy I would love to see them get. It's probably a long shot is Quinn and Williams of the jets. Uh, but they also have an opportunity, I think, on the back end. They need help back there. You have Jonathan Abram, who's been hurt. He's still developing uh, and um, at cornerback. So, I mean, a guy like Brian Poole from the Jets or um, uh, perhaps, you know, you mentioned this, Stephon Gilmore. Some of these guys are big names, but you'd never know what happens at the trade deadline. If Bill Belichick feels like, hey, you know what, we need to really start building for the future, uh, then maybe, maybe they do something like that. But I think you look at guys that are a little – notch below that maybe not a an all pro like Gilmore but somebody who can step in and help that defensive backfield and I also feel I heard you earlier on your radio show uh talk about LaMarcus Joyner and moving it back to safety right instead of corner um I think that would help out the defense tremendously as well um I think you know obviously John Gruden came out and said that we're going to see a lot of changes on defense and I know a lot of people wanted to fire Paul Gunther I don't think some fans understand that they're not going to change their defensive scheme in the middle of the season. Right. And, and, and at the press conference today, John Gruden said that they were going to change the scheme up a little bit, meaning, you know, here and there, it's not something you don't make wholesale defensive scheme changes seven games into a season. That's just not what you do. Uh, now, can they give different looks? Can they start to play different players? Cause I think that's part of the problem. Look, if you're Malik Collins, I was a, he was a guy I was excited about for the Raiders. Uh, he hasn't done anything. Um, and so, so I, they need to mix it up. They need to not only scheme differently, but they also need to get some new blood in there. They got a couple guys on the practice squad who came up for the Kansas City Chiefs game, like Dayton Jones, who did great. Uh, in fact, he did a lot better than some of the guys they've had playing. So I think this week in, can, or excuse me, this week in practice, uh, the message that I've been hearing is, look, everybody's job is open. 
So you got to fight for your job. You got to play for your job. Uh, if, if you don't perform your job, then we're going to put somebody in and give them a shot. Hey, what's going on with you, Scott? It's Kendall. Hey, Kendall. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, um, when do you, um, I'm actually, when do you expect the Raiders to, um, to call David Irving up from the, from the practice squad? That's a good question. Um, he just got there last week. Uh, he has, um, he's been activated. So we'll see if he actually plays. I don't think he'll play this, this week, or he might see some snaps this week. Sorry, my dog's chewing on a toy. Um, uh, and so, so we'll see if he gets in there. I think he's still trying to fit in and learn what's going on, but he obviously knows Rod Marinelli, the line coach. Uh, and he is a guy, I think that that's exactly what you want. And if, if he comes out and balls and practice this week as much as they can in the NFL during the season, of course, then uh, why not throw him in there, see what he can do. So I think he'll see some action this week in Cleveland uh, to see how, how much he's been up to speed on it. Cause he hasn't, he's been keeping in shape, but as you guys know, you know, game shape versus just in the gym shape is a much different thing. Yeah, that's real good there because I mean I've been a, a David Irving fan from watching him with the Cowboys and with the Chiefs, so he's a he's a very impactful player. So that's 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 real good. Um, um, my next question is to see the um, how impressed were you with the uh, Raiders um, win against the Chiefs a couple weeks back? You know that second half was I think uh, I think Raider fans got really excited because they saw the possibilities. Number one. Uh, you saw the offense just click, right? You saw the offense uh, move the ball on a pretty good Chiefs defense. So, so to see Derek Carr do well, to see the running game do well enough, and the running game was sustained. You know, Josh Jacobs kind of picked up speed in the fourth quarter, but you had Devontae Booker come in and spell him, and that's something that you need when you have a heavy running game and in the West Coast offense, you're going to need a second back. And he did really well that game. But most of all, it was the defense. They, they, they contained Pat Mahomes. <clears throat> How hard, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes, how hard is that uh, to do? It's very hard to hold him to eight points in the second half. And those eight points came right at the end was pretty remarkable. So I see, I, 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 that's where I think sometimes people are, they want to fire Paul Gunther on the defense. I don't know that it's scheme. There's some disconnect between the players and the coaching. There's no doubt about that. And the coaches own that it's their responsibility. But I think you saw a glimpse in that Chiefs game, what that defense could do if everybody's playing at the highest level and doing that, and then of course the offense clicking, but I think the rest of this year, the offense for the Raiders has to, they're going to have to score 30 points a game or more to have a shot at winning. Now, you know, soon that the Kansas city is going to come to Las Vegas. So they're going to be coming in looking for revenge. So you y'all going to be able to do it then? You know, I, I, I would tell you right now, I think Kansas city will win that game for that reason. I think it's, it's tough. Not only that, but if you look at the record of Andy Reid coming off a bye, which the Chiefs are coming off a bye, he's the best coach in the NFL coming off a bye. So uh, as much as Raider fans might be upset with me for saying that, um, I always thought, and my, my partner on the radio, Q Myers, he picked that long. He said, they'll go to Kansas City and win, but then they'll lose in Vegas because Andy Reid's coming off that bye. So we'll see. Uh, but but the, the Chiefs are still the class of that division. How impressive have you been with Henry Ruggs in, in year one? You know, I, I was a guy, and I have to, I have to admit, I'm very biased. Uh, from the beginning, if you go up on our website on silverandblacktoday.com and you search back pre-draft, you'll see a couple articles that I wrote about Henry Ruggs saying he was the guy. He was the guy the Raiders needed to go get. You know, you had uh, obviously you had Lamb and Judy, uh, both great wide receivers too. 
But I thought rugs was really being overlooked because every, every time you talk about rugs, people talk about speed. And there's no question, it's a gift. It's an amazing thing for him. But if you look at the data, what he did in college, he was great on, on short routes that turned into long routes because of his speed. Uh, and he was also a, a very underrated route runner. He still needs to get better technically at the pro level, but I always saw him as the guy that would be perfect for them because he was great yards after the catch. And in John Gruden's offense, yeah, you're going to go vertical and you're going to go 20 yards downfield occasionally, but really what you're doing is you're hitting somebody 10 or 12 yards in stride. And so if you're able to do that, look at the receivers who do that well. And I thought he did really well. Um, the problem with Henry Ruggs right now is they're just not targeting him enough, whether or not that's because he's not breaking out of one-on-one -on -one coverage well enough or whether or not the offense just isn't clicking. What I've seen, Kendall, is, and it's hard to say, and this is not a criticism towards either player, I don't think him and Carr have developed a rhythm together. Like if you watch the Raiders this year, uh, the veteran Nelson Aguilar who came over from the Eagles, him and Carr are clicking. Like, man, they, and, and they, just, they just go. It's like second nature. When a quarterback and a receiver get that relationship, that's what it takes. And I think Carr and Ruggs will work up to that. They just haven't gotten there yet. Those were some fantastic answers, um, Scott. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Kendall. Hey, Scott, this is Jerry. How's your day? Good, Jerry, man. I'm, I'm above ground and breathing, so it's always good. Always, right? And then uh, <laughs> hey, we got some Thursday night football uh, uh, up ahead, right? So so you've been in this business, in, in, the, in the radio show biz, right, for about three years. Is that is that correct? Yeah, three years this time. And then uh, early in my career, dating back to college, I did sports radio uh, and then newspaper. So I've always kind of had a little bit of uh, a foot in the media. That's, that's, that's pretty sweet. And uh, so Raiders Nation, I mean, I've been learning quickly, right, what it is to be a part of Raiders Nation. Me personally, I'm not going to say who my team is. Of course, my colleagues here will, will rant. <laughs> they'll rat they'll on the, you. Yeah, they'll be the first ones to. to Cowboy fan. Yeah, that sold me out right away. But anyways, <clears throat> so, I mean, that, that says a lot, right? Three years in the business. And, and then aside from the work that you did before that, and, and yeah. hey, man, that's some, that's some great work. Let me ask you, like, let's just say somebody is trying to get into the radio business. I mean, what, what, ha what would you say has been the most important thing that you know that could help maybe benefit, like, as far as giving somebody advice? Hey, you know, I mean, I know, I know sometimes you just got to get out there, you know, internships, those are, those are given, right. But mm -hmm. what have, what have you done that, that has allowed you to maintain this level of success or, you know, with these, you know, Raider fans, I mean, they're tuned in, you know? So yeah. what is it, what, what, what would you say is one, you know, if you have a couple, let, let us know if you, if you're okay with it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think number one is uh, if it's a passion and you want to do it, then just do it. And, we live in a time right now. So, so my, the course of my career as I did it early, I was off doing corporate stuff. I did communication, or digital marketing for big companies, right? So I was out of it for the better part of 15 years. Uh, and then I wanted to get back in it. So what I did was uh, I had to learn some new things, you know, and all that. But the, the, the important thing is number one, watch and listen to others, learn how they do it and talk to people. If you can find somebody in the business who's willing to give you advice, uh, and there's a lot of people, I know you guys had JT the Brick on your show a few months back. Oh, JT's yeah. one of those guys, you know, he's one of those guys who takes the time to talk to young broadcasters and give them feedback. Um, but I think today, I mean, look what you guys are doing right here. You have the tools to be able to do it at home 
and it, you just have to start and it doesn't have to be great when you start because experience and, and repetition is what it's all about. And, and you can, you know, if you save a little bit of money, I mean, you know, I have, I'll show you, like I have all my stuff here, just like you guys have, I got a board, I got all video stuff rolling. Yeah. So, so you just get back into it and teach yourself and, and watch how others do it and, and, and look who does it well, try to emulate them. Yeah. And if you can get some experience, but I'll tell you this, this second time around, um, what I did was when, when we got, when we got, sorry, <laughs> when we got, I did the website the day the Raiders got approved to move to Las Vegas, because I had been a writer my whole life too, is I, I started the website. I, well, I'm like, you know, I want, I'm going to jump ahead of it. They're not going to be here for three years. I did that. That led into a podcast. Wow. So the, I go, I listened first podcast. And I had done radio professionally, but I had never done podcasting. So I had to teach myself equipment. I had to get a board. I had to get microphones. And at first, it was a disaster. I didn't do that well. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll send you a link maybe to some of those early recordings. Uh, and so I did it, right? And then I just kept getting better teaching myself, doing it, finding people who wanted to be on with me. And then we did so well that it got a meeting for us with a, a local radio station here, CBS Sports Radio. And I they... They, they heard our podcast because we had started getting good download numbers and everything. And they said, well, we want, yeah, we want you to come on and have a show, do a radio show for, for two hours on the, on the weekends. I said, great. So I did it that way. So one begat the other. And so that's my point is that if you put in the time and the effort and understand the, not only the technical side, but just learn, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, a football X's and O's film breakdown person. You could be anybody. But if you continue along that journey and just just commit to doing it uh, and don't be fearful of failing, because I fail all the time. I mean, today I probably failed four times on the show when I said the wrong thing or whatever I did. <laughs> yeah. So so you have to just be comfortable with that. And if you just start and, and that's the hardest thing to do. anything. I don't care if it's exercise, whatever. The hardest part of it is just starting out and doing it and not worrying it about what people think, because that's the other thing, right? You're in the media business, so you think, well, geez, if I do something and people slam me for it, it doesn't really matter because we all know with digital social media, there's a lot of weirdos out there and everybody's going to try to tear you down because they didn't take that first step. So that's my biggest piece of advice, really, is just take the first step, be a creator and not just a consumer. Man, Scott, you put me up, man. I mean, are you sure, <laughs> are you sure coaching is that in your in your background? I mean, are oh, you sure? I, I, I that coached. I coached youth uh, youth sports for 24 years, man. Are, are you sure? You, uh, maybe coaching for the Raiders? Uh, that's not in your future? <laughs> no, I couldn't. I, that would be too much. I'd, I'd have too many people hating on me. No, just kidding. <laughs> Do you want to coach the defense? Oh, man, no. <laughs> no. I'll go out there and yell at them, though. <laughs> I do want to ask you one more thing, Scott. Um, that, that was by, by, you know, by far, that's probably, I, I think I've only asked that question maybe once before. And I want to say thank you so much. I think I really hope that our, you know, our listeners will be able to actually just say, you know what, I'm just going to do it, you know, and that's do what, it. yeah, that's exactly what we did, you know, and, you know, people, you know, people still don't, people sometimes they'll ask us and, you know, we've never, me, Kendall and Fidel have, never really met each other in person mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a true story but i feel that these guys are like brothers to me you know we 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 talked on the daily uh everything that we do we we do it as a team and uh you know we 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 have a website the east west football network 
Um, on there, you know, we we've opened more avenues for people uh, to to write, right? Their passion for writing, and uh, now we have the Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, um, and and we have different segments. You know, on Saturday there's in the huddle with Hayden. On Sundays we have uh, Coach Hugh Jackson on the Senda kickoff. We have a Monday kickoff show. Tuesday we have a fantasy football show, and Thursdays we have a kickoff show. So it's awesome, right? I think, like you said, put it. You know, if you have that passion, seek it and just go after it. But moving on, right, to the next one. Let me, <laughs> let, me let me ask you, because, you know, I will say this. Being in the radio business, you're going to speak to all kinds of people, right? You're going to speak to fans. But more importantly, you're probably going to you're probably going to run into a, a couple of Raider uh, legends or maybe some modern day uh, superstars. Right. Can you give me maybe a moment in time and just explain it to me? that you've ever, that you came across a Raider legend or star that maybe had you starstruck. I mean, just explain that moment to us if you could. You know, I, and I, I don't, it's, it's a great, great question, uh, Jerry, but I will tell you, I, I've, I've not ever, well, I, I don't get starstruck. I, I, I get really excited to meet people. Um, and then I think that's one of the things that, that like, I've never been an autograph guy. Like I have four autographs. That's yeah. it. And they're all from the same person. And that's Tony Gwynn. So you can see my Padre sweatshirt on. So <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in San Diego. So he was my favorite athlete growing up. He was the nicest guy. I got to meet him a bunch of times. And he was so down to earth that you couldn't feel nervous around him, right? Um, but everybody else that I've met, you know, I've, I've, I've been fortunate. When I was in college, I went to school here at UNLV in Las Vegas. And I worked nice. all the big boxing fights. I ran cable for TV. I did all kinds of uh, jobs. And so one, I, the night uh, I was working, the night Fan Man flew into the, the, the old Caesars Arena, which was the, the Bo Holyfield fight, um, I was holding cable by the VIP entrance. And on that night, I met, I swear to God, every celebrity you could possibly think of from <laughs> the early 90s, right? So here comes Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. They were married. Oh, man. Right. And then here comes Tom Hanks and here comes all these celebrities coming through. And so, you know, some of them were not very nice, to be frank. Um, and a lot of them were amazingly nice. Right. Uh, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone sat, talked to me for five or 10 minutes, asked me about school. What was I studying? All that kind of stuff. So those were really great people. Uh, and then, you know, you you met people you'd never thought you'd meet, like the minister, uh, Louis Farrakhan came through. Right. Wow. With his guys, the, the the guys with the bow ties, the security guards, they were like eight feet tall. Um, <laughs> and so I, I got to I got to be around different people. And I and that's what I would maybe it's another piece of advice for for doing great stuff like you guys are with shows, which is, yes, these people have attained great success, whether they be athletes, broadcasters, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you're two people and you're talking, right? And so if you, they actually, I think, appreciate it more, at least most of them, appreciate it more when you just kind of treat them like one of the guys or one of the gals, right? And so, so to me, that's what I've, I've always done. Um, and even we, I was at a game in Allegiant Stadium, the first uh, Raiders game against the Saints on Monday night, and I go in to use the bathroom. I won't get too graphic. I go in to use the bathroom. <laughs> And I'm done, and I turn around to go to the sink, and like I almost bump into Roger Goodell. I'm like, oh, wow, Commissioner, how you doing tonight? He's like, good, good. And that was it, right? And so, <laughs> in the bathroom, um, uh, and that's a whole different. We could we could do a whole show on the people I've met in bathrooms, by the way. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but no, I think I think that's it. I think you know, you 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 
after a while, maybe you just get used to being around athletes and stuff like that. That doesn't make me some sort of big shot or like I know everybody. It's just um, being in Las Vegas as I've been, you just kind of run into people. And um, I think that's that's it. But I mean, st- I think all the people that I might be starstruck at are actually, unfortunately, all passed away. They go way back yeah. um, uh, to, to folks like that. But I mean, I've met Barry Bonds. I've met all these different people that I was fans of or I wasn't fans of. And um, I, I, I always like the fact that I wasn't asking them for, I would just say, hey, hello. Every once in a while, I'll ask for a picture if I'm not working. Uh, but other than that, that's, that's sort of it. I know that's a long answer, uh, but that's, that's so- sort of kind of how it's been. But I, I love meeting Cliff Branch, you know, uh, uh, God rest his soul. Um, a couple of years ago, he came in the studio to do an event with us and uh, got to wear a Super Bowl ring and all that. He was just a really, really good guy. That's real awesome. I thank you so much. Uh, what one one last prediction? So let's just say Paul Guthrie doesn't get the defense right on track. Uh, do you think that the Raiders are going to be calling Dan Quinn in the offseason for the DC position? Boy, um, it's a good question. You would you would think yes because he's he's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's the thing. A lot of people, oh, he was a terrible head coach, or he didn't. He got fired as a head coach. Listen, you talk to every coach; they've been fired before. Uh, but I think from a defensive coordinator, there's a lot of folks who would like to see Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips wants to coach again. Um, Wade Phillips' his defense is a little different than they run now. So do you have the right personnel to run a 3-4 versus a 4-3? So we'll see. But, um, you know, Paul Gunther and, and John Gruden are very close. So uh, I think that he's going to give him every opportunity he can to straighten it out. If it gets to the end of the year and they still can't straighten it out, then um, certainly I would expect that they might make a change. I just thought I'd throw that that name in there so you could kind of get the get get the stew brewing for your for the Raiders fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sure. just saying. I think Dan Quinn actually was a Super Bowl. He's the actual Super Bowl winning uh, DC uh, for yeah. the Seahawks, wasn't he? Right. That's right. So, so uh, I just thought, and and that and Fidel's been very critical of the of the Falcons all season. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, and and but Quinn could end up back in Seattle because they need help on defense. That's true. That's also true. Thank you so much, Scott. Hey, awesome. Hey. It was a pleasure. A- anytime, Jerry. I appreciate the questions. Scott, I appreciate your time, sir. You and Q do a tremendous job on Raider Nation Radio. I'm tuning in Monday through Fridays um, on the Raiders app. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, Fidel, guys, everybody, I appreciate it so much. And um, anytime you need anything, you know, I'll be here for you. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Also, too, where can our uh, listeners follow you on social media? Oh, yeah. You can follow uh, the show and the website at Silver Black, the number two day, Silver Black Today. And then myself, I'm at LV Gully, L-V-G-U-L-L-Y. And then uh, my co-host Q Myers is at Your Boy Q254. And then, of course, if you're a Raider fan or your team's playing the Raiders and you want to hear what's going on, uh, you can uh, also follow Raider Nation Radio, which is at RNR 920 AM. All right, sir. Appreciate your time. Yeah, you guys take care. Have fun anytime. You too. Thank you. All right, take care. We are halfway through the NFL season, and we have teams that are contenders, but also pretenders. So let's go ahead and talk about that. We'll start out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, there are certainly contenders. Dude, they're contenders, man. Contenders, no doubt about it, right? I mean, they, they, 
the only undefeated team in the NFL left. I mean, that's enough, enough to be said, right? And they look, they look pretty damn good. They do. Uh, you know, on both heavy, si- on both sides of the ball, they're gonna have to get tricky. I mean, they're gonna have to get smart with uh, adjusting some co- some salary cap options to be able to keep that defense intact. Yes, they will. All right, the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. We we all know that they're contenders. Contender for sure. Contender. Yeah, I don't think we have to touch up on that too too much. Tennessee Titans. Now this one's a little bit interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go, go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and consider consider them a contender. I'm a, I'm gonna go contender because they got that running game. If they can get that defense going. I mean, it's kind of surprising that Mike Vrabel led team that's not good in the bottom half on defense. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna go contender because anytime you got to run a game and you got to play action more around Tennessee, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, all the weapons, I definitely think they're contender. I want to go contender as well. Now, the only question I do have for that Titans defense is where the hell's Jadavion Clowney? <laughs> <laughs> I think that any team right now that if he was on their team, they'd be asking the same question. Baltimore Ravens. Contender. Yeah, that's a contender. I mean, defense is stacked. Offense is nice. I mean, they just got to – man, they got to play together as a team. Look, I, I'm going to say contenders, but I'm a little bit iffy just because we, we've we seen the difference already from last year to this year. The running game has not been as good as it was last year. Uh, same thing you can say for the offense, the passing game as well. Um, they did sign Des Bryant to the practice squad, which is, you know, he might be active uh, this week against uh, the Baltimore, or I'm sorry, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct. So, but I'm going to say contenders, but I'm a little iffy on this one. I think on the regular schedule so far has been, has been very light. And we've seen what happened when they played a tough team in Kansas City. We're going to have a, a very good feeling, a very good answer on the Ravens after Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or I should say Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are contenders. Yeah, go ahead and put me down for the Buccaneers as contenders. Yeah, they're contenders, and I believe they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, man, that defense is stout, man. Like, And then that rookie, Antoine Winfield, uh, yep. the uh, junior rate or second? Yep. Yeah, man, he's a baller. Yeah, and then Antonio Brown. I mean, they just signed him. He's gonna yep. play against the Saints. So, and both those corners have been doing, have been playing lights out. Carlton Davis and Sean, uh, Dane Bean. Yeah, Dane. Yeah, something like that. Right, but he has two last names. Anyways, let's let's get back De- to it. Devin White. I mean, playing outstanding football. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay just has it rolling. Green Bay Packers. Contender. Contender. They had a little slip up earlier. Uh, I think, what was it, like two weeks ago? Yes, Tampa. Against Tampa, but, I mean, that defense is stout. But I mean, we can't get out Aaron Rodgers, man. I mean, I think he's still playing with a chip on his shoulder right now. So, they are contenders. Yeah, I'm going to go. And, especially with the trade deadline, I yep. mean, they were actively seeking Will Fuller. If yep. he can, If they can acquire Will Fuller and he stays healthy, my gosh. Yep. Um, they play the Minnesota Vikings this weekend, which we all agree that should be a win. Next week, though, Thursday night football, they're in San Francisco to play the Niners. Or I should say Santa Clara. 
They're going to play the Niners. And we saw what happened last year when they played them twice. So, nice. I th- yeah, twice. So, well, I think next week is going to be – it's going to tell us a lot about this team. That's true. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, man. Man, why you do that, man? Seahawks, you can't – we – I mean – Anybody in the right mind cannot count out Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Oh my gosh. I know they came off a loss to the Cardinals, but they have been playing lights out all season long. Yeah. Man, it's just quite that defense is really questionable. But of course, uh, Carlos Dunlap is going to help out with that. But I'm going to say contender as well. New Orleans Saints. Contender. I mean, they might get Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders back this week. So I think they're contenders. Yes, they're looking up at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their own division, but you got Drew Brees. Their defense it hasn't been as good as it's been the past few years, but you got Evan Kamerge, Drew Brees, you know, um, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I think they're definitely contenders, but we, we'll learn a lot more in the next couple of weeks about the Saints. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call them pretenders. I'm going to go with pretenders as well. Now, Drew Brees has not looked that great this year. I know they're missing Michael Thomas, and he's a huge part of that offense. Uh, but I just I just don't like what I've seen. They should have lost to the Chargers. There's been multiple games that they won that they should have lost. So I'm going to say pretenders. Buffalo Bills. Pretenders. Pretend- the Buffalo Bills are pretenders. I'm going to say contenders, man. Now, now, they're going to win this week against New England big, but they're still pretenders. No, contenders. I'm going to go with pretenders as well. No. I think they're one and done in the playoffs. No. Maybe La- two and done. Maybe. Los Angeles Rams. <sighs> oh, man. Oh, that division is so freaking annoying, man. To call this team the enigma of the NFC West. Well, yeah. I, you could say the same thing about the 49ers, man. Like, they lost everybody, and look at that's why. I mean, Rams, they, they don't have too many injuries. I mean, so we already know what the Niners are going through, or injuries, majority of it, right? Yes, but I'm gonna go contenders. I go contenders. They, they have a smart coach, man. I mean, he knows how to freaking, I mean, he knows how to adjust. On the fly during the game, ahead of, uh, a week ahead in band, so can't count them out. Yeah, I'm, a, they I'm gonna say contenders. They beat, but the, I'm, they beat the Bears. Yeah, well, I mean the Bears. I mean, I don't think they're that great, honestly. They're not. Still and a I record. Close Monday night. A record five and one, still really relatively good. You are correct. Arizona Cardinals. Contenders. Mm. Man, is there something in between, like a pretender and a contender? Can we just make something up? Whatever you want to say. Pretenders. Pretenders. That sounds great. Let's use it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, when you have a quarterback, like, oh, my God. When you you got a quarterback like Kyler, man, you cannot count out these Cardinals. That's what we learned. And uh, they're, they're on the borderline of being contenders. And it's just hard because, yes, right now they are pretenders. But I will tell you this. Watch out 
for the future, they're going to be future contenders week by week. Man, I don't know. I mean, last week, I mean, they played Seattle well and they won the game. But, I mean, there was a couple questionable calls that um, in in the game, right? I mean, there was a drive, I believe it was in the second quarter, that they could have kicked the three points and they decided to go for it on fourth down and they got stopped. But I'm not sold on them. I'm going to say pretenders. Cleveland Browns. Pretenders. 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 Yeah, there's so much inconsistency there. So much inconsistency there. Yeah, and OBJ is out for the year now, so they're they're a receiver down. Well, uh, when he went down, they played very well. They they did, and I'll give them credit, but they were playing against the Bengals. That's true. Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Pretenders. Yeah, let go. I'm gonna go ahead and give them that slant pretenders. They're like one or two pieces away from being dominant. I think yeah. Philip Rivers is really holding them back. So I'm gonna say pretenders. Chicago Bears. Pretenders. I like the way that sounds. Pretenders. They got a lot of issues on on the. It was just the Chicago Bears defense. I had to go contenders, but it's the defense and the offense. I'm going pretenders. Well, I so, mean, how many, how, how many years has Chicago had a stout defense, but their their offense has been crap? It's, it's that, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going pretenders, and they haven't really played nobody. They, they, they should have lost that game in Atlanta. I mean, the, the Bears are what? I mean, they got a decent record, but they could easily be having a losing record right now, and they haven't even played Green Bay yet. So I'm going. I'm going pretenders. You know when you're when you're playing against somebody in poker and they ha- and they have a poker face. I think that's what the Chicago Bears have. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean I, that offense got exposed Monday night against against the Los Angeles Rams. So let's just take a little pause for the uh, for the uh, poker face song. Poker face, or where's Lady Gaga when you need her? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure you could you could put that in the edits. Anyways, yes. Uh, yeah, no pretenders. San Francisco 49ers. Contenders. Oof. I'm gonna go don't, contenders. Don't be, don't be salty. I'm gonna go contenders. I'm gonna go contenders because I mean that they, they, they got that running game going the past couple weeks. George Kittle is a monster, and they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna get Richard Sherman back in a couple weeks. They're gonna get even more healthy. I'm going contenders. I'm gonna say contenders as long as Jimmy does not turn over the ball. Yes, yeah. a lot a lot writes on Jimmy. I. I I mean, shoot. But but you know what? For all the for all the crap that Jimmy gets when they're horrible, he do, I don't. <laughs> the, the media does not do a good job saying he's you know he's done a tremendous job for the games they do win. Yeah. So. Las Vegas Raiders. Mm, pretenders. Pretenders. I think the Raiders are like a, a year away. I think they're a good draft from another solid fragrance away. Look, I think they're. they're, they're there will be something to reckon with in the future, though. They're a defensive coordinator and an edge rusher and the defensive tackle away from being completely dominant. I mean, they've done some nice work as far as with the with, with the, the defensive backs. I think they've done an excellent job. Uh, it looks like you guys might have to get an offensive tackle as well. Once you guys solidify those three, oh, my gosh, watch out for the Raiders. They have to be reckoned with. All right, so look, a couple things. So 
first thing is they got the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. So they, if you would have told me that they're going to be three and three at this point of the season, I would have told you no, probably not. But they are. They beat the Chiefs already. They beat the Saints. You know, they they beat some pretty good teams. Um, I'm going to say, man, just keep in mind that the tread deadline is next week, and I think they might make a move or two. So I'm going to say contenders if if they add some pieces to that defense. So Falcons won, and I um, didn't get right my first pick. You, you are the lone wolf, my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, this next team, the New England Patriots, pretenders. Just why, they, why are the Patriots even in this conversation for? The Patriots are nowhere near contending for anything. Just a, They're contending for a top 10 pick. That's what they're contending for. I, I thought you were going to mention the Eagles. Well, uh, not, I'm not there yet, uh, but we'll, we'll just run through these really quick. I mean, I'm sure we all were yeah, all. They're, 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 no, they're not pretenders or contenders. Dolphins, pretenders, obviously. They just started, they're going to start their rookie quarterback, too, Tunga Bailoa, against the Rams this weekend. Carolina Panthers, pretenders. They just lost the Atlanta Falcons, we saw. Uh, pretenders. The worst, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Los Angeles Chargers, uh, I mean, a lot of injuries, but I think it's going to be too late already for them to overcome those. I think they're pretenders this year. Yeah, they got a couple of pieces missing too. Now, the next team, Philadelphia Eagles. They'll probably win the division, but they're not going to do anything with that. Yeah, and, and they're going to be a pretender for me, right? They're contenders in the NFC East. <laughs> well, they kind of sounded like I, I said pretender, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh so in other words, they'll they'll make it to the, the playoffs, but they're one and done. Now this team right here, this next team, it's a very interesting one. The Detroit Lions. Oof. The spookiest pretenders. What are what are they? Exactly. They're the spookiest pretenders in the entire they will steal a they if you're not paying attention, they literally will steal a win from you. They're pretenders, but I, if I'm not mistaken, they won. Is it three in a row or two in a row? They've won two in a row, I believe. Okay, okay, they, they won two in a row. They got a big game against the Colts. I want to watch. This, I'm going to watch this game against the Colts Sunday. I'm going to watch this game closely because I want to see what Detroit. Because they've they've um they've been playing a lot better the past couple weeks. They got they. I think um what's what's Detroit's record right now? They're the five hundred, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I want to say they're yeah three and two, three and three, something like yeah. But uh, yeah, they um they're playing some good ball late the past couple. Their defense has really come on. I've seen Jeff Okuda make a few plays. I want to see how they do. How they, oh, they, they, hey, they beat the Arizona Cardinals a couple weeks ago. So I mean, I think um they're pretenders, of course, for right now. But just I want I'm gonna watch this Lions and Colts game. That's it's, part, it's a sneaky good game of the week they're, Sunday. They're actually three and three, so they're five hundred. Yep. <laughs> Our next guest is the host of Engraven Videos on YouTube. Justin, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate y'all having me on. We appreciate your time, sir. All right, let's go and get started. So, obviously, Baltimore Ravens have a huge matchup this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I just want to get your thoughts on the matchup and how you feel uh, Baltimore's ro- uh, roster lines up against uh, Pittsburgh. 
Um, defensively, I think they, they match up well with Pittsburgh's offense. Uh, Ravens have uh, their secondary is definitely uh, one of the better secondaries in the league uh, with Marlon Humphrey, who's starting to become a household name. He just got that fat contract, and even after the contract, he's been playing up to it. Uh, Marcus Peters, uh, known for being a ball hawk. I, I, he reminds me of a, a cornerback version of Ed Reed. Um, and then, of course, uh, Deshaun Elliott, young guy, but been playing better and better, uh, and Chuck Clark, an underrated guy as well. Um, so the secondary matches up with the uh, Pittsburgh receivers well. Um, now the defensive line. Before last week, uh, the pass rush was a big problem, and it was just something that's been an issue for the past couple of years with the Ravens, but now they just traded for uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, so that should be a big boost that helped the Ravens a lot, uh, more, not only for this game, but just moving forward, period, because the Ravens, one of their biggest problems is that they, uh, the pass rush, just not, not the lack of pass rush. So now our uh, Yannick Ngakwe, we're adding him, um, that should allow the Ravens to uh, just rush with four and not have to blitz as much, leaving a lot of guys on opposing offenses wide open. Um, now, as far as Pittsburgh's defense versus Ravens offense, that's where I think the biggest challenge for the Ravens is going to come because the Ravens so far this season, um, their offense hasn't been uh, as good as it was last year. It hasn't even been close. And they've just been missing just by a little bit, but they haven't been, uh, haven't been clicking like they should be. Um, so going against that defensive line with uh, Cam Hayward and Stephen Tewitt, and then that pass rush with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem, man. So Ravens are gonna have to. Um, the offensive line has been shaky all year. Uh, th- this is gonna have to be the best game that the offensive line plays this year if they're gonna compete with the Steelers. So on the edge, as far as um, cornerbacks, I, secondary, I give that to the Ravens. Pass rush, since it's still not proven for the Ravens, I give that edge to the Steelers. Um, Offensive lines, I'll probably give that to the Steelers. Uh, and defensive line, right now, yeah, I'll probably give that to the Steelers too. Um, but with the with Ravens and Steelers, it's, it's kind of like one of those games where you just got to throw all the numbers out the window because these games, these like these two teams, when they match up, it's, it's physical football. And a lot of the physicality has been taken out of the game recently. But when Ravens and Steelers match up, it's just something different. It's, it's something different. So it should be a real special game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be the game of the year so far. Um, Pittsburgh, they're they're playing really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Baltimore, um, the Ravens are as well. Uh, my other question that I have to you, uh, tread deadline is next week on Wednesday. Do you see the Baltimore Ravens making a trade? I do. I do. For who specifically, I'm not sure, but the positions I see them making a move for uh, would probably be a either a wide receiver or a tight end. Uh, because I think they really uh, they they've been trying to get by without having a third tight end, and they've obviously been getting by because they're five and one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely missing that guy. And then as far as wide receiver, uh, it's just that has been one of the Ravens' struggles throughout their existence. Um, them not them not being able to draft and develop receivers well. Uh, so you got to go out and find one that somebody else drafted and developed. Um, and it's, I know every team can't draft every single position well, but that's definitely been the Ravens' Achilles heel um, for their pretty much their entire existence. So they find themselves in that situation again where they just really need that, that number one guy. Because last year, 
they got by without him. Um, their top receiver was an injured first round draft pick in Hollywood Brown, yeah. whose ankle was messed up the entire year. Uh, he was their, their top guy, their best receiver on the team. Um, but like, and their running game was so strong that they got by without having that true number one guy. But now this year with the Ravens, um, I think they, they've definitely changed their strategy and their game plan because they've been doing a lot more passing than they did last year. Uh, so not having that number one guy and, and not having uh, as many options in the passing game because uh, the, their only options are really Mark Andrews, a tight end, and Hollywood Brown, a receiver. Other than that, nobody else has really stepped up much. Um, so I know a lot of Ravens fans are just waiting to see who that next guy is going to be. But those will be the positions that I would expect him to go for, would be a, a, a wide receiver or a tight end. Yeah, and then we've seen Lamar Jackson when he needs a crucial cat. Uh, he, he looks to Mark Andrews to make a play for him. So uh, thank you so much. Hey, What's yeah, going on, Justin? I want to thank you for coming on. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Yes, my first thing I want to ask you is, why do you think the Ravens struggle so much with Kansas City? I think it's an intimidation factor um, because with when they play Kansas City, they don't play Ravens football. And it's, it's one of the craziest things, especially as a fan, to see because you know what the Ravens are capable of. You know their personnel and whatnot. But when they play Kansas City, they literally throw everything out the window. And they, I think there's just there's an intimidation factor. To where the Ravens, I don't know if it's the coaching staff trying to prove too much or the coaching staff just intimidated or maybe even the, some of the players are intimidated. But it, it just seems like they are really scared of the Chiefs. Um, and then, I mean, the Chiefs do have a very powerful team, a strong team. Of course, that offense is amazing. They got so many different weapons in so many different places. Uh, and their defense, their defense is underrated. Their defense is a very opportunistic defense because while they're not some shutdown, lockdown defense, anything like that, um, they they have playmakers on that defense. They got Chris Jones. They got the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, um, and they got some young guys like Snead who've been making some plays as well. Um, but it's just the the Ravens just got to get over that fear factor with the with the Chiefs. I think that's the biggest thing. But then coaching comes into play too. Andy Reid he does his thing as a head coach, and I, I just I think that's all it is. It's just a, a fear factor. Because, of course, John Harbaugh, he came from being under Andy Reid uh, over there in Philly. John Harbaugh used to be uh, the, the defensive backs coach, and then he was a special teams coach with the Eagles. Uh, but then um, he obviously got hired to the Ravens to be their head coach, and he has been ever since. Uh, but maybe it's just it's just something where they're just scared. And I, I'm not sure why, but it, it, it is frustrating to see every time they play the Chiefs and just they don't they, – they're not themselves. Yeah, and I actually picked the Ravens to, to beat the Chiefs because I was like, you know what? I was like, I feel like they match up really well mm-hmm. against Kansas City Chiefs. But, man, it was just – I was not expecting them to get blown out the way they did. Yeah, it, it got ugly, man. Yeah, and then also, too, I think they got away from the running game, too, because, I mean, the Chiefs went up, and they were, they were on catch-up mode the whole time, right? So, um, Lamar Jackson, when he's most dangerous is when he's running the – you know, running. So, um I think you're right, though. I mean, it has to do a lot with the fear factor. It's in the back of their heads. Like, hey, like, you already lost to these guys. Like, you know, maybe trying a little bit too too hard, right, um, yeah. to try to make a play mm-hmm. and not play actual Ravens uh, football. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. And like you said, they they get away from the running game. And another thing with the Chiefs is that – um, or just with the Ravens, when, when they play the Chiefs, and, and it's, it happened in the Titans game too, they get down, and they, they won't even be down by that much. 
but they'll get down and they'll just stop running the football. And you can still run the football when you're down. Of course, a lot depends on the situation and whatnot, the, the, uh, the what quarter it is, how much time is left and whatnot. But they just, like I said, they just get away from being themselves. So it ends up biting them in the butt every time. Hey, Justin, this is Jerry. Hey, man. Um, great channel, by the way. Appreciate it. Um, so uh, let me let me ask you. I, I, I actually want to ask you a little mm -hmm. bit about the channel, but let's let's get I have a couple questions about okay. the Ravens, man. Interesting team overall. First off, why does what well, what's going on with what's going on with what's going on with Lamar? I mean, he looks a little bit mm -hmm. frustrated out there. I, I think um, well, like what? With, What's going with on? Lamar, I think it starts up front, um, like really with any game, how it does. But I think it starts up front with the offensive line. Uh, last year, offensive line, um, they were pretty good. I do feel like they got a little bit overrated at times. Uh, but offensive line, last year, they were a lot better than they are this year. Because last year, uh, they did have Marshall Yonder. And with Marshall Yonder, he was just a, a sure thing at right guard. And you knew he was going to take care of his man. He was not going to get beat by his assignment. And that just made everybody around him that much better, too. Um, but now this year, at right guard, it's been a mix of uh, Tyree Phillips. Uh, it's been a mix of Ben Powers, Patrick McCarry. They've been trying different players there, and it just it hasn't really been working consistently. Um, so I, the offensive line just as a whole, even Ronnie Stanley, he's had some bad moments. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., uh, it's just been a lot of inconsistency on the offensive line. So I think with Lamar, uh, that's gotten in his head a lot. And um, he sometimes he'll even run into pressure. Sometimes he'll be trying to be Superman. He'll wait, wait, wait for somebody to make a play for one of his receivers to get open. Um, and sometimes he'll end up taking a sack. Sometimes he'll end up making a bad pass. Sometimes he'll end up making a play, though. But um, it's just it's been a mix of things as far as the offensive line, uh, them not blocking. And I think Lamar not trusting him. It's been too. Sometimes he'll make some bad decisions, and so I think with Lamar, sometimes he may be overthinking right now. He may be overthinking instead of just playing his game, making a play. Because I remember even from he did it in week one and, and did it in week two, and throughout the uh, some of the other games as well, where he'll be in the pocket and he'll have a lane to take off. He'll have a lane to take off, and we'll be cheering at home, Lamar, go, 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 go. But he'll be waiting. He'll be waiting with the football, looking around, going through his reads yeah. and whatnot. And he, he'll just be waiting for somebody to come open and he won't take that lane. So I think some of it has to do with just overthinking it. And maybe I hope this isn't the case, but it seemed like it could be. But maybe uh, he may be really trying to prove uh, and maybe the coaching staff as well, trying to prove to people that he is a good passer of the football. And we know he can make mm. he, we know he can make all the different throws and whatnot, but he just got to get his consistency up. That's been a big thing, too. But at the end of the day, I, I think. Um, one of the biggest struggles with Lamar Jackson this year is that he just has not, a lot of times he has not been playing his game. Um, and I think if he would just play his game, do his thing, uh, then things would go a lot more smoother. So hopefully the Ravens coming off of this bye week will give, have given him and the whole just team a chance to sort of press the reset button and, um, and just figure out things that they need to work on and improve on. Because again, they are five and one, so that's good, but they are five and one that definitely has, a lot of room to improve, but at the same time, they have found a way to win five out of their six games, which is good. Um, but there's still a lot of room for improvement if they're going to get to where they need to go at the end of the year. For sure. Hey, and my second question about the Ravens, mm -hmm. right? What, 
if they uh, are they losing Greg Roman this year, and if they do, who is going to be a great replacement for him, especially with Lamar Jackson, you know, coming in I, I, full circle, I guess. I think that I think Greg Roman could end up getting a head coaching job this year, and I don't necessarily think that would be a bad thing for the Ravens because Greg Roman's been um it's been a struggle with Greg Roman, but there's there's sort of been a pattern with Greg Roman that he um. He sort of peaks out after a couple of years with a team. It happened with the Bills when he was offensive coordinator there. It happened with the 49ers when he was offensive coordinator there. And it's it's weird because that's been his highest job title has been as an, as an offensive coordinator. He hasn't had a job higher than that. So that's just something that I thought was very interesting. A little bit scary, but interesting at the same time. But um, if Greg Roman does end up leaving, I think that David Culley, um, he's currently on the staff right now. I think he could end up being uh, the offensive coordinator um, they, so they could promote from within. So they wouldn't have to go through these drastic changes with the offense, but they could have still have some consistency since it would be somebody who's already in the building. Or they could go to the, uh, the quarterback's coach, James Urban. Um, and he, uh, that it will be the same thing, same process, that uh, it would be that, that consistency and that promotion in-house. Um, so I think those two would be the top candidates to be that offensive coordinator. Now I wish like, and I know he wouldn't take a lateral uh, job or anything, but if Greg Roman were to leave out, I, I really wish Eric Benamy could come and be the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. That's the <laughs> offensive coordinator for the chiefs. But yeah. I just, I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, he's gonna, he yeah. needs to go be a head coach somewhere, but somewhere. I wish. Well, it just, it's interesting to me because for instance, if you look at what Sean McVay is doing, he liked what the he liked what he saw on the Ravens' offense. That he's right. actually implemented that in the in the Rams' offensive scheme, and mm-hmm. they've had some success as of late. In fact, look at that big win against the uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah, the Bears. The Bears were five and one coming in. So, um, I mean, I just think that it's just it's just an interesting topic. I think, and and I've seen that what you said with Greg Roman. I think he was. He had, he had Colin, didn't he, last? With Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor. And mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor, yeah. So I think you're you're right. Uh, there is some intrigue in there. I think that he does have the right the right schemes in place for an offense to be su- successful. But let me ask you this. Is it just limited to – do you think is it just limited to a mobile quarterback or the, or what any quarterback fit into that system? I think with, with Greg Roman, I, I think it is more so a mobile quarterback uh, because he also he also did have Alex Smith. And while Alex Smith is not as fast as a Lamar, or Colin Kaepernick, or Tyrod Taylor, Alex Smith, he could move a, a little bit more back in uh, his uh, San Francisco 49ers days. So yeah. uh, it's definitely a, um, a run-heavy scheme, and, and it, it allows the quarterbacks to be very efficient to where – um, they're not throwing, well, minus Lamar last year, but they're not usually throwing a ton of touchdowns, but they're also taking care of the ball and not throwing too many interceptions either. Because um, that's how it was with Kaepernick. That's how it was with Tyrod Taylor. And that's how it's been with Lamar Jackson uh, this year so far. Yeah, I know there's a lot of fantasy football owners out there that are a little bit frustrated with Mark Ingram. You know, <laughs> Mark Ingram had a great year last year. He did. Uh, he sure and this, did. Year, this year, he's, I mean, he's still – He's doing his job, you know. He's being a teammate and all that. I like, I like the J.K. Dobbins pickup. I think that he's going to be a great future for for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Hey, but let's get back into your channel real quick. Mm-hmm. So you have thirty seven thousand subscribers, right? YouTube, 30, yeah, thirty two thousand. Thirty two. I'm sorry, thirty two thousand. But still, that's a that's a big landmark right there. 
Um, let me ask you. So if you could, if anybody's aspiring to, you know, make it in the business, right? They're just trying to make it in business. And let's just say they, they choose YouTube. Um, what kind of advice would you, would you say you would give them to maybe perhaps, uh, you know, find, 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 find a way to, to make their corner in sports, sports. Um, I would say number one is to be original. Um, don't try to please the crowd because if you try to please the crowd, then you, you're not going to enjoy what you're doing because you're going to be so busy trying to please everybody. Um, another thing too would be to have fun with it. Uh, enjoy what you do because that was one of the biggest things with me because I actually used to make Madden videos before I started the football videos, but I would just, a lot of times I would just get so burnt out from Madden and I just, I wouldn't enjoy it. So do something that you can talk about or record about, do something that you can make videos about every single day. Not that you have to make videos every single day, but do something that you could talk about every single day and you would enjoy it. You wouldn't get tired of it. Not that you don't need breaks or anything, because we all need breaks and we all need that refresher and whatnot, but do something that you could talk about every single day. Um, and, and also be consistent. Uh, consistency is a huge thing because if, if you're consistent, then the people who do support you and rock with you and, and follow you and whatnot, they'll know exactly what to expect. Uh, because it's one thing if, if you tell somebody, hey, okay, we're going to upload every Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, make sure you come to the channel, check out the videos on those days, and you only upload on Monday, then people are going to be like, well, he told us he's, he was going to upload on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. What's that? So then there's going to be that inconsistency. So that can turn a lot of people off. Um, but yeah, and another thing too is that uh, block out all that negativity too, because that's that's part of growth is going to be, not everybody going to be supporting you, not everybody's going to like what you do. And that's why I said earlier, you can't please everybody, so you should never try to please everybody. Um, and so with, with the negativity that comes with growth, just got to understand that that's part of the process. Never be afraid to use the block button, ever. Whether it's Twitter, YouTube, whatever, never be afraid to use the block button. One thing that I, um, I used to be a little worried about, um, probably when I had maybe like around like maybe three, 4,000 subscribers, uh, maybe a little bit more, I used to, I would get some comments from people that may be a little bit rude or whatnot, maybe a little bit disrespectful. And I'll be like, ah, like, man, should I, um, should I block them? But at the same time, I, I don't want to block them because I don't want to lose that subscriber because I'm trying to get my channel to grow. So I don't want to lose that subscriber just because, yeah, they said something, to, something rude to me or whatever, something disrespectful, but uh, it's okay. It ain't no big deal. But you can't think like that because those same people, they'll keep coming around and keep being disrespectful and keep just promoting this negative energy on the channel and you don't want that. So just block all that out and don't worry about that. The, the channel is, is you're going to keep growing. Uh, and another thing too would be to be patient. Um, because a lot of people want overnight success. I mean, that's For the sure. way of the world. That's why people use a microwave to heat up food instead of an oven. That's why you go <laughs> to a fast food restaurant instead of going to a sit down restaurant because you want it and you want it right now. Yeah. Even like say, for instance, those, those uh the money apps like cash app and Venmo, when say, for instance, you get a donation on there, you get money on there you have the option to deposit it into your bank account and you can wait one or two days or you have the option to get instant access to it, but it'll be for a small fee. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us want that instant gratification and a lot of people don't want to be patient. So I would say you got, you have to be patient because if you're forcing it, then you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. 
And of course, everybody wants, you want your channel to get bigger fast and you want your channel to just take off quick, but you got to be patient and really just find your niche and the rest will come. And, and just a real quick shout out. I, I, a lot of people don't know that, but your hashtag, man, keep it clean. If you can mm-hmm. just elaborate on that real quick. I mean, that's, I think that's so unique. Uh, I mean, you even had the, the backlight, you know, your backdrop, it, 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 it has the hashtag on there. Uh, so if you can't just explain that, just, I mean, because this is a new audience that's coming to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for Team Keep It Clean, um, we, I, I'm a Ravens fan, but we, we talk about every team. Um, but I just wanted it to be an environment to where everybody feels welcome, whether they're a Ravens fan or not, whether they're old, young, boy, girl, husband, wife, brother, sister, whatever. I just wanted an environment that was welcoming to everybody um, and something that was family-friendly. So if a kid is watching, they can have it up loud. They ain't got to turn it down or listen to it on the headphones. If it's, if it's an adult watching and their kids come to the room, they ain't got to change the channel or turn it down or anything like that. It's something that everybody can watch. Everybody can enjoy together. And, and it's something for everybody. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Justin. Oh, no, I appreciate you. Uh, I think Kendall had one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it's on mute. Sorry, guys. Can y'all hear me? I have some in, I had some internet connections. It's all good. Yeah, you can. appreciate it. I don't know if this question has been asked, but you know, I'm gonna go ahead and ask it anyway. Um, it. I'm a big Dez Bryant fan, and y'all just got y'all just signed Dez Bryant number 88. Yeah. I know he's wearing 11 right now. Do you think he's gonna play Sunday? Me personally, I don't. You think he's gonna get activated Sunday? And my second second part of that is, what can Dez Bryant bring to the Ravens? Oh man, good questions. Um, I, I think there is a good chance that it, that if Dez Bryant is in good enough shape, I think there's a chance that he could play Sunday. Um, and what now I know they're not going to rush him to play, but at the same time, they on offense, they're really missing that dog, that, that, that attitude, that, that sort of bully at the receiver, but really not, a, not just a receiver, but just on offense. Cause they don't have that, that dog. They got some people that can play now, but they ain't got that guy that'll make a catch and then hover over the cornerback like, yeah, I just caught that on you. What you going to do about it? They ain't got that guy that'll make a make a catch and then just push the cornerback away like, get off me, move out the way. They don't have that right now. So there's, he, he, that's what he can bring. He can bring that attitude. He can bring that swagger to the Ravens' offense that they are definitely missing. Now, on defense, they got it. They got more than enough of it on defense. But on offense, they just, they, they're lacking that. And there's, that's, that's what he can bring to the team. So I'm, I'm excited for him. Let, let me ask you this: Um, who who if he, if he does play Sunday or maybe next week, who 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 does he take them reps from? Is it Prochet? Is it Dunavay? I mean, Willie Sneed is your slot receiver. Dez has never really played the slot. He's always been the, the X receiver on the outside. You know, you got Hollywood Brown going down the field. So who's he going to be taking reps from? I would say Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin is the one who is sort of a Dez Bryant is sort of a gift and a curse for Miles Boykin, um, because Miles Boykin was a third round draft pick last year. And he's been known to be, excuse me, he's been known to be an excellent blocker. But he he's six four, ran a four four two, out of Notre Dame. But he just we haven't got to see any of that on the field yet. Um, and, and with him and Lamar Jackson, they have just not been on the same page at all. Um, it's just been the chemistry is just bad between them two. So hopefully the bye week will improve some things. But I think Dez Bryant could end up taking a lot of snaps from him. Um, but at the same time, like I said, Dez is a gift and a curse for him. And it's a curse because he'll be taking snaps from him. But at the same time, it could be a gift because he could really 
mentor Miles Boykin on how to really use his body and how to really become more physical and really just be just more of a nasty receiver because he doesn't have that right now. Appreciate it, man. I got lots of family out there in the Baltimore, Maryland area, so I go out there a couple times out the year, and I'm definitely if the if the if the world wanting to the world is not going through what's going through right now, I definitely will be going to going down there this year for a game. Well, on my boy Dez Bryant signed in Baltimore, so uh, it's a lot going on now. But hey, I appreciate you coming on. Shout out Dez Bryant. Shout out the team. Keep it clean and all that. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm I'm hopefully looking forward to the same thing too. I know, yeah, things are things are wild right now, but um. And it's been weird. Like, I remember the first week of the season and, and the Ravens were playing at Browns and then they just showing the stadium and it's just cardboard cutouts and it's so quiet. It was so <laughs> weird, almost like cringy. But I was just happy to have football back because, boy, I man, know there were some times where it almost looked like there wasn't going to be football, but um, they made it. And now they're starting to allow more fans back in the building. I know for the Ravens specifically, um, they this is going to be their first game that has fans there. Like they did have a couple of games that had family and friends, yeah. but now it's going to be uh, I think three to four thousand fans there. So that should be interesting. I know a, lo- a lot of other stadiums have already been doing, it, especially Miami. I mean, Florida down here, everybody in Florida is crazy, so they've been letting people in the stadium from jump. But um, yeah, Baltimore <laughs> they 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 starting up this week, so that should be fun, especially against the hey. Steelers. Man. I was in that Raven Stadium last year when my New England Patriots went down there and laid a freaking egg. <laughs> I was in that stadium last year, and that stadium gets rocking. That, that's a yeah. loud stadium. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm in North Carolina. I'm about, about five, about four or five hours on the road from Baltimore. But I, that, that's one of the loudest stadiums. A lot of people don't think the Ravens got a lot of fans, but that's a that's a loud stadium. I was down there for Sunday night football last year, November the 9th, I think. So, mm-hmm. oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was, that was a fun game, man. I, I enjoyed watching it. I wish I would have went to that one because they had the whole blackout and they had the lights flickering and all that for the touchdowns. I wish I hadn't went to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Justin, we want to just say thank you for joining us for this uh, for this video. And where can our viewers uh, find you on YouTube and social media? Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, everything is engraving vids. It's all one word. I-N-G-R-A-V-E-N-V-I-D-S. Um, so, yeah, you can subscribe to the channel. Like I said, it's for everybody. If you're a Ravens fan or not, you just like NFL, uh, everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Uh, we have fun on there. We do live streams. We do uh, post-game streams for the Ravens. Uh, for the Ravens games, we do um, – we just talk about all the NFL news that's going on. And uh, we also have a series on there. Uh, called questions from subscribers where subscribers can email me and ask any question about NFL that they want to. It doesn't have to be Ravens related, uh, but any question about any player, any team from NFL, and we answer it in a video. Uh, so it's like I said, it's something for everybody. It's very, um, very interactive, very interactive. Uh, so feel free to come through. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Right, let's pick the games for week eight in the NFL. Halfway through the season. Crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. All right. So we're actually recording Thursday night. Uh, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we did make our predictions before the game. Uh, I had gone with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Jerry, you had gone Falcons. with the Carolina Panthers. Or Panthers. <laughs>
Come on, you're confusing me now, man. <laughs> with the Panthers. All right, and then Kendall, you went with the Atlanta Falcons, correct? Yes. All right, we still got about uh, 11 minutes left, and the score is 19 to 17. Atlanta and they are in the red zone. So we'll check back in on that game. Touchdown, Falcons. Uh, who is it, Todd Gurley? Well, that's not good. I'm playing against him in fantasy. All right, guys, let's get to the games. So, first game, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Look, this is a tough game. I mean, both of them have stacked defenses. Both of them have exciting offenses. Uh, but, wow, the way the Steelers have been playing, they're going to come off some momentum off that Titans win. Go ahead and give me the Steelers. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 23-17. It's going to be a close one, a tight one. If I mean, the Ravens got a few new additions this week. Unique and Dark Wade to help that pass rush. And Des Bryant came on to He's on the practice squad, but I don't think he'd be activated for this game. I'm going with the Steelers. I think they're just, they just, they just going to have too much, and they're finding different ways to win. Man, just Pittsburgh's looked really good. I mean, they look like the best team in the NFL. Um, but to be different, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a huge game. It's a statement game. Lamar Jackson needs to make the plays to, you know, to make it happen for Baltimore. So I'll take the Ravens. Los Angeles Rams at the Miami Dolphins. This is going to be Tua Tungabailoa's first start in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Rams. You see what the Rams can do on Monday night. I know, I mean, it was the Bears, and they don't have the best offense, but that Rams defense, they're fast. They got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, he got his first pick of the year. They can get after the passer with um with the um with the defensive end, the formerly formerly from the Bears on floor, then on floor. So I mean, you got Aaron Donald down there, so it's be a pretty close game. I like the Rams. I think it's going to be a rough day for Tua his first start. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a rookie and then you have you know, Aaron Donald on the opposing side. I think that that's not a good mix. So uh, go ahead and give me the Rams. To his first start, I think it might be a rough one for him. Give me the Los Angeles Rams. New York Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, before you guys answer this, I am pretty 100% positive we are going to go with the Chiefs, correct? I mean, yes. Unless you think that maybe Jerry Jones is paying off these teams to take the knee on the game, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, no 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 conspiracy theories. Let's go ahead and uh, st- stick stick with the Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas City. All right, <laughs> Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the Packers. Too many consistencies with the Vikings. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers in a closer game than what people expect. But give me Green Bay. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. Mm, give me the Colts. This is a potential upset, but I'm going with the Colts. It's, it's going to be a pretty good game. Give me the Detroit Lions. I like the Lions at home. Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. I think this game is going to end up deciding the last playoff seed in the AFC. Oh, my God. This is a great game. No Odell for the Browns. They got Donald. Keep out on Donovan Peoples-Jones from um, Michigan, the wide receiver. Um, Jarvis Landry, they still got some weapons there. This game is in Cleveland, correct? Correct. And it is, it is uh, forecasted to be raining. Give me the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Cleveland Browns. Man, you don't even got to ask me. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Come on. Tennessee Titans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Titans. Titans. 
Titans roll. Now, this game's very interesting. It's the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Now, I think with this one, we might see a passing of the torch. Buffalo Bills, 31 to 13. They're going to steamroll the New England Patriots. It hurts me to say, but the Patriots, they have melted in this year. They're a complete mess. They got half the team on. I looked at the injury report today. I mean, Stephon Gilmore has been added to the injury report. I mean, they got they got like 14, they got 14 players on the injury report. So I think um the the Patriots they're they're done on their last leg. I think they've already like I said they just, they've already mailed it in. It's over. Give me the building. If, if, if you're the Buffalo Bills, if you're going to beat the Patriots, if you're not going to beat them this year, when you going to beat them? I mean, when? I mean, you've been waiting to take this division. If you're not if it's not going to be this year, when is? Give me the Bills. Yeah, give me the Bills. Easy win. Yeah, give me the Bills, and I think this might be uh, Stephen Gilmore's last game as a New England Patriot. Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Good game. Good game. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Chargers. Wow. Man. And they won last week, right? Chargers, yes. Justin Herbert got his first one. Give me a second win this week. Yeah, I like him, man. Man, we talked about this before the draft. We we all like Justin Herbert coming out, and he's just showing us right. And I, I think he's going to win the rookie of the year. So give me the Los Angeles Chargers. It's insane. Didn't Kendall call that? Uh, I'm not sure if he called. I'm not sure, honestly. We're gonna have to go back. And he he yeah. called. He called Justin Herbert to be the rookie of the year. Yeah, he said. But then again, he did go off on a little rant saying that mm-hmm. they were gonna either they're gonna go into the playoffs. And no, uh, no, I did. I got. I got the first part right. Justin Herbert is looking. Is, is looking pretty. Yeah, good. no doubt about it. I know yeah. Joe has looked great, but man, Justin Herbert's looked better. And he's just airing that sucker out, and he has. And I got, strong... and I got, and I got a Justin Herbert jersey on the way, so you know I'm going for my boy Justin Herbert. Man, oh, he a... that doesn't surprise me at all. You like to uh, to have different teams. Man, he, he just he just the way he throws the ball, man. I mean, effortlessly. I think I saw that ball, and it looked like he just just. I mean, he flicked the wrist, and it looked like it just almost went seventy yards downfield. It was insane. All right, let's move on to the next game. New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears. This is going to be a good game. I think the Bears are going to put on a better performance than what they did Monday. I mean, they, I mean, they, they have to. I mean, you know, Coach Nagy probably got on the guys all week. The de- that defense is going to ball. Um, the Saint, I think Michael Thomas is back for this game. I'm not sure about Emmanuel Sanders. That's what I was going to ask you if he was Yeah, back. but with all that being said, I'm going with the Saints. I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Bears. I Number one, Michael Thomas helps that offense run. I mean, because he takes so much load off of uh, Alvin Camaro. I will tell you this: they're coming. Uh, regardless, that defense is still. I mean, that defense is still strong, one of the strongest in the league right now. Now, I will say this: Michael Thomas, even if he comes back in this game, he's going to need at least one to two weeks to catch his feet under him. I don't know what kind of games he's playing. I wish he would just stop it and get back to his football because I tell you this, he looks way better playing football. I don't like this. I think that that he is putting out a wrong perception of himself. I'm very ashamed. I'm very ashamed for him and the organization. It's just it's just un, it's it's disrespectful to the game of football. 
and Michael Thomas was limited today in practice. Uh, you know what? This is a trap game. New Orleans has to win to keep pace with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they have a showdown with them next week. Um, but you, give me the Bears. I think they bounce back this week, and uh, they upset the Saints. San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be a good old-fashioned NFC West showdown. I believe this is Sunday. No, this is not Sunday night football. This is this is though. I wish yeah. Sunday night football. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, to- give me the forty. I think we, like I said earlier in the week, we buried we buried the forty nines too early. Um, the, I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson's going to bounce back this game. I'm going with the San Francisco forty nines. We saw what they did last week in New England. Then what they did the previous week. I think um they played the um who, who did they play? They played the Rams. So I think I think the 49ers, they got every game going. They got a few. I, I think Debo Samuel's out this week. I think he's out this week. That's going to hurt them if he is. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Niners. Um, yeah, I mean, you all of y'all know I love Cal Shanahan. I think that he has done a, a, a magnificent job. Him and Bobby Turner. Um, and believe it or not, he's 71 years old. But uh, that's his right-hand man. And uh, I think that they just know how to scheme up their players put them in great positions to uh you know once they get the lead i mean they know how to just press the gas and not let off give me the 49ers and i think seattle's gonna come into this game pissed off because they lost that game in overtime against the arizona cardinals give me seattle seahawks and i and, I, and that's because i like the seahawks man this game is in in san francisco correct no it is in seattle yeah, okay. But they don't have the 12 men. Doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, well, maybe travel wise, but um, for all intents and purposes, game is in Seattle. All right, now our Sunday night matchup, which I wish this was an early game. Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm gonna take the the, the, the Eagles. I'm gonna take the Eagles. They're getting they're getting healthy at the right time. Um, I think that the, I think the balls in their court in terms of in, in terms of winning this division, the Cowboys on their third quarterback. They just cut down Terry Poe because of weight purposes or weight problems. They've um they've, they've cut a few other players. I mean they got a lot going on in Dallas. I do think this game this game is going to be a lot closer than what people think. I think the Cowboys are going to rally around the quarterback. They're going to run the football. I think Zach Martin is back this week. I believe they got. A, I think they got a couple linemen coming back this week. Uh, we seen Randy Gregory last week. Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, do, do, does Demarcus Lawrence, and Jalen Smith, still play for the Cowboys? What I want to know. But Cowboys still. I mean, I yeah, don't. Man, but I think I think um, the, the the Eagles don't have a lot of film on Danucci on Ben Danucci, so that, that's that's going to kind of work in the Cowboys' favor. Do just keep an eye on this game. Jalen Riggers back for the Eagles. Keep an eye on this game. I think they're going to rally behind them, but they're still going to come up short. Eagles by 10, 25, uh, 25, 27-17. Yeah, give me the Eagles. Give me the Eagles, and they're going to roll. They're going to kill the Dallas. They're going to finish killing the Cowboys on Sunday night. Our Monday night football... <laughs> Our Monday night uh, football game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Giants. Keep in mind that one of the uh, Giants linemen tested positive for the virus. He got sent home, and we don't even know what's going to happen with that. Uh, the Giants, they, I gave, I gave up on the little hope I had for them last week. Um, 
I don't know, man. But just the John, it just seemed like they they found ways to lose. They had that game in their hip pocket last week against the Eagles, and they found a way to lose it. Um, Daniel Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. The turns are accident waiting to happen when he, when he turns the, turns over to Baltimore. Um, we seen what Tom Brady could do last week without Antonio Brown and a limited Mike Evans. Um, Chris Godwin is hurt for this game. He, he won't be. He was not. Be, he won't be in this game. I'm gonna go with um Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay, not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay. 31-17. I think this is going to be a must-see TV. Not because it's going to be, you know, back and forth, but just because the arrival of Antonio Brown. He's actually out this week. He will not play this this week against the Oh, Giants. yeah, right. He'll play against the New Orleans Saints next week. You're right. Well, I do. Uh, regardless of the situation, I think that the defense is hot. Uh, they're all headed. Everything's trending in the right direction. Uh, it looks like they're going to be one of the teams to make a, make the, a, a very strong, intimidating push into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, give me Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady might throw five touchdowns in this game. It might get ugly, so, you know, sooner than later in that game. So uh, that's going to wrap up our picks for week eight in the NFL. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.